Hello again, everybody. Uh, I'm Ed Kratz here with John McMullen. We are with the Philadelphia Eagles Insiders podcast uh, on the Fan Fans First Sports Network. It is Wednesday, um, a few days after the Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings 34-28, to and a few days before they go down to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, 7.15 p.m. start, a little bit earlier than the Thursday night game, which was 8-15. Um, but it's a matchup of two 2-0 and teams. The only Damn. matchup in the NFL this weekend that features two 2-0 and teams playing one another. Yeah, I think a lot of people expected Tampa Bay would not be here. Uh, people expected the Eagles to be 2-0. and And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, Ed, because while the Eagles are 2-0, and there's a lot of disappointment because they haven't won the right way, which is, you know, <laughs> this is not college football. I say all the time, who cares? Get out there with a win. And the Eagles have been able to do that. Whereas Tampa Bay has been much more impressive than I think most people uh, uh, expected. Baker Mayfield has been solid, not spectacular. And that defense, Todd Bowles' defenses are always tough. And that defense has been really good early this season. Yeah, I mean, they've got good parts, right? Vita Vea at uh, defensive tackle, nose tackle. They have two very good linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. I like their safety, uh, Antoine, Antoine Winfield. Winfield yeah. uh, so they've got some good parts. But I'll say this. I think that with the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know what you're going to get with the defense, I think, right? I mean, they're going to play what they play because they do it so well. They've held both their first two opponents to 17 points each time. Yeah. Uh, whereas these first two games the Eagles have played, I think, have caught them off guard a little bit in their preparation. And we talked today to uh, Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who kind of said, yeah, you know, we did, we saw things that were unscouted, things we hadn't seen. And that's a testament, obviously, to Bill Belichick week one and then Brian Flores week two, the D.C. for the Vikings. Um, but I think with the Bucks, you know what you're going to get, and now you have to execute. You have to come up with a plan to beat it, and you have to execute it. Yeah, and, and Jason Kelsey, and you were the one who asked Brian Johnson the question. Jason uh, said chaos. That's the adjective he used to describe what, what Belichick and Brian Flores were doing. And the Eagles were surprised by it. And, and you know, it, it's a little bit surprising to me, Ed, because I talked to Nick Sirianni about that in the offseason a couple times, about getting ready. You knew you were going to get curveballs from uh, opposing defenses, especially early when you, see, when you saw who the coordinators were. And Nick said, yeah, we, we understand it's coming. But they didn't handle it well. Right. Um, they were able to... Now, I thought they were pretty impressive against Minnesota from the standpoint of they said, all right, after about 15 minutes, after about the first quarter, they said, all right, they're going to play light boxes. Let's just run the football. And the Eagles were able to inside zone their way to the finish line, basically. So I thought that was a positive. But I am a little disappointed in the aspect of they seem so surprised by these looks and – I'm a little concerned with that. Yeah, I mean, look, you had all summer, you know, and all season to figure out that, hey, they might show this and you got to be ready for it. But to their credit, they did adjust in game, which how many times have we said in the past that the Eagles don't seem to adjust to what the other team does? So, you know, to Brian Johnson's credit, Nick Sirianni's credit, they adjusted uh, to what the Vikings at least were showing them. And they called like, you know, Kelsey said like 18 straight zone runs. Yeah. Inside so, zone, baby. Yeah. Right to the finish line. And we saw DeAndre Swift ride that 
workload to become the NFC's uh, player of the week this yeah. week. A career high, 175 yards, shattering his previous career high, which was 144 against the Eagles last year in the season opener. Uh, so, yeah, and that's a credit again to Johnson to call that, to not get bored by yeah. calling it over and over and over again. He stuck with it, and that's hard to do. Let's face yeah. it. You you want to try to be a little more creative. Especially but, when A.J. But, Brown's on the sideline complaining <laughs> and wanting to get him the football. But I want to temper Eagles fans' expectations because they're not going to run the football like that this week against Tampa Bay, which has been number one and stopping the run three consecutive years. They fell back a little bit last year because of some injuries, but they're healthy again. Shaq Barrett only played one game last season. He's back playing at a high level. Vita Bea, you know, Jason Kelsey will be the first one to tell you, you can't move that guy. You can't no. move him. No. Um, and Brian Johnson talked about him today, what a player he is. It's going to be really difficult to run the football. So don't expect 175 from DeAndre Swift again. This is when you got to get A.J. involved. you got to get Dallas Goddard involved. Devontae Smith had some big plays against Minnesota, but maybe more consistency getting him involved. This is the week the passing game has got to show up. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about that, and I, and I wonder if this swift 175-yard rushing game against Minnesota and 259 yards rushing overall – now we'll open things up a little bit for the passing game. Maybe allow Jalen Hurts a running lane or two because now teams have to be on guard for that run and they're going to play that run or the Eagles are just going to keep banging them on the head with it, right? I mean, so you... Well, that, you know, if Minnesota's any indication, they were basically saying, all right, you know, DeAndre Swift, if he beats us, he beats us. And, you know, when I step back and, and say, well, he did beat them, but... Then I start thinking about it from their perspective. It's probably the right decision, right? I don't want A.J. Brown to beat me. I don't want Devontae Smith to beat me. I don't want Jalen Hurts to beat me with a running game. I don't want Dallas Goddard to beat me. If DeAndre Swift beats me, tip your cap. Yeah. So, I don't know. Some teams might look at that and say they did the right thing, and I don't know if that's going to be consistently the Eagles be able to take advantage of that week after week after week. Um, on the other hand, you know, maybe other teams say, yeah, we have to switch up because the Eagles can run the football. You never know how, how defensive coaches are thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of people have been on Hurts. He doesn't look the same, and he does look a little hesitant, and I think that's part of the chaos that Kelsey talked about with the defense. But, you know, on the flip side, he completed close to 80% of his passes, right? He hasn't run the ball like we're used to seeing. And you no. asked uh, uh, Brian Johnson that, I think, this yeah. uh, today. Well, I was shocked, Ed, because I was looking at PFF Pro Football Focus this morning. Jalen Hurts is the second. Think about I, I couldn't even fathom it. He is rated the second worst running quarterback in the NFL through two weeks. Hmm. Yeah. He has had no space, no operation. Clearly, the Patriots and the Vikings went in saying, we're not going to let this guy run the football. It's been eye-opening over the first two weeks. I didn't even think you could do that and limit the Eagles quarterback run game to that point. I don't know if it continues but it hasn't been good for the first two weeks. Yeah, you're right. And it is a big part of what they do. But I, I'm on record as saying I like that he's not running the ball all the time. But he is running the ball, but he's just not having success yeah. with it. But, I, you know, to me, you got to get 
you got to get away from that a little bit. I mean, to keep the guy healthy for 17 games, you know, even now when he runs, you, you kind of hold your breath when he, you know, dives for something or lets himself get hit. He's not sliding. Um, but, hey, listen, he completed close to 80% of his throws. He, he's yeah. only had the two touchdowns throws in two games, both to Devontae Smith. Deep um, ball's still there. Deep deep ball they hit twice. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith had the 54-yard catch that they couldn't cash into a touchdown. They got a field goal against the Vikings, and he had the – the, uh, the 63 yard touchdown catch, which, you know, that's what this offense is capable of. And, and teams know that. And, and they're trying to take that away. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you mentioned him. I mean, you talk about this, John, all the time. The Eagles tend to overcorrect. And I, and I think they did that with Goddard. He came out of the opener, no, no catches, one target. This game, he led the team in targets with seven, caught six passes, but only for 22 yeah. yards. I mean, it was almost like they were forcing things to get him the ball just to get him the ball because they overcorrected. And, and I think that was the wrong approach. Uh, you know, they needed to get Smith and Brown a little bit more involved in the passing game. And I, I really hope we see that Monday night. I think we will see that um, because, listen, 3-0, and coming out of a Super Bowl loss last year where it's hard to come back and have success. We saw the Rams, after they won the Super Bowl, they collapsed. The Bengals got off to an 0-2 start after they went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, 2-0 and is pretty good for this team when I thought they'd be 1-1. Yeah. One one. Uh, 2-0, yeah. All you can do, there are no style points, as I said. This looks on paper to be the easiest part of the Eagles' schedule. But you never know, right? Uh, we, we were looking at week six in the New York Jets, but now there's no Aaron Rodgers. But guess what? Tampa Bay looks more difficult than it looked like on paper coming into the season. The L.A. Rams look better than expected. So you never know. And the Washington Commanders. Yep. Uh, Chase Young is now back to, to add himself. He had one and a half sacks last week with Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. All of a sudden, and your guy Sam Howell is playing <laughs> really good football, yeah. certainly better than Taylor Heineke. So all of a sudden, the Washington Commanders look tougher. So it works both ways. You know, there's games that that you saw in the preseason, you said, ooh, that's going to be a tough one. And all of a sudden, they're not that tough. And there's teams that like, oh, they'll beat Tampa Bay. Maybe maybe it's going to be more difficult than people expect. Yeah, and I think Tampa kind of read that coming into the season. There weren't a lot of expectations for them. And they thought, well, you know what? Let's put that chip on our shoulder and go out and show that, yeah, we're better than what people thought. And I think they're using that as some motivation. And the Eagles haven't beaten Tampa Bay since the 2013 season. They've only played four times, but they're 0-4 since that win in 2013. Nick Foles, of course, was the quarterback, threw three touchdown passes that day. Uh, Tampa Bay was terrible that year. I think that loss left them at 0-5. So they've gotten better through the years. But, you know, they're kind of a thorn in the Eagles' side. Uh, yeah, the playoffs in 20, after the 2021 season, so January of 2022 was the last time we were down there. And, you know, Todd Bowles did a great job against the Eagles offense. Now it was a different offense. A.J. Brown wasn't there. Jalen Hurts was still developing. But you could see what they did. It was basically keep Jalen Hurts in that pen. Don't let him beat you with the off-schedule sort of offense. If, you're, if he's flushing, make sure he flushes left. Now, he's improved on so many of these things, but I think it's a good test for Jalen Hurts against a, a really good defense. Yeah, and a concern there, too, is Hurts has been sacked, I think, seven times in these two games. I mean, that's that's a big concern against a good defense. It's got uh, it was a Joe Tyron 
or, uh, uh, Joe Tryon, 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 uh, uh, Shaq Barrett's back, Shaq as I Barrett, mentioned. Yeah, Vita Vea yeah. up the middle. So, you know, for a quarterback that's been sacked seven times, uh, the Eagles have to figure out a way to protect him. And I'm not sure it's all on the offensive line. There are times when he's no. had time. And he just hasn't gotten rid of the football for whatever reason. Maybe they're, they're having trouble scheming guys open uh, early on here. But, you know, you can't have seven sacks. You can't let this Tampa defense sack you three or four or five times because they're playing at home. And I expect that the, it's going to be a 50-50 crowd. There's going to be a lot of Eagles fans there traveling to, you know, the Gulf Coast of Florida for the weekend. Um, but still, that that's something that they have to be mindful of is keeping Hurts and Hurts has to be mindful, too. He's got to have that internal clock, out. and the yeah. ball has to come out. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni was talking about that earlier in the week, and he mentioned, you know, sometimes it's on the offensive line. Sometimes the backs have had a difficult time yeah. picking up those blitzes. Um, sometimes it's on the quarterback. There's an unaccounted for uh, uh, rusher, and that means the quarterback's got to get the football. And he even brought up the receivers. He talked about one receiver didn't run the right route, and all of a sudden it turns into a sack. So it really is more than just the offensive line. The offensive line basically carried the Eagles against the Vikings. So um, that's still, if it's not the best group in the NFL, it's certainly uh, among the top two or three. That still, to me, remains the strength of the team, along with the defensive line, which is also been tremendous and is carrying that side of the football should be no surprise that's what the eagles value yeah you mentioned the receivers you know one running the wrong route listen they're, they're not getting anything after smith and brown i mean i'll i'll lamade zacchaeus i don't think has a catch this year well he's barely played you know yeah, he had a lot of snaps this past week yeah. uh, but he but he didn't have any catches and quez has i think two catches he left early uh, against minnesota with the hamstring i think he'll be fine monday night but they but they need to get more out of yeah, you would think. Their, their, their receivers three and four. And now we see today that Eagles made a move. They activated uh, Britton Covey to the uh, uh, 53-man roster and placed Avante Maddox on the IR. That's a big, That's big, a big loss. loss, especially yeah. going to Tampa. You know, listen, it's a long-term loss, but, you know, here in the short term, they got to figure out a way to deal with, you know, Chris Godwin and obviously Mike Evans. And, you know, now you're going to be with Mario Goodrich in the slot who, uh, yeah. you know, he got thrust into the fire Thursday night, and uh, Sean Desai thought he got better as the game went on. But, you know, there were some real communication issues, especially yeah. with Josh Job playing outside, making his first career start because James Bradbury had the concussion. But, you know, this Avante Maddox loss, after losing Zach McPherson in the summer with an Achilles tear, it's going to be big, and it's going to be up to Goodrich to figure it out where the Eagles – I mean, there's guys out there, John, uh, we've talked about it, that, that they could maybe make a move with. Yeah, I compared last year to when Jordan Davis sprained his ankle and, and Marlon Tui-Pelotu hurt his knee. And if you remember, they were playing in Houston. I think it was a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. At, um, and they let Marvin Wilson have one shot. And he didn't play well. And all of a sudden, Linball Joseph was here and Dominican Sue was here. I think Mario Goodrich is going to get one shot. And if he doesn't play well, it might be William Jackson who tried out for the team uh, yesterday. might be Chris Harris is on the street, a 34-year-old, but had been a great nickel cornerback for a long time. Somebody's going to come in here because this is a Super Bowl contender. And then if Mario Goodrich can't hold up, 
they're just going to go in a different direction. And I do think Sean Desai slipped up a little bit. And what, cause a lot of people are talking about James Bradbury in the slot and he played some in the summer there. But if you remember, Sean said, he's our corner, our outside corner as he met, we're not moving him. Right. He might be in the slot on occasion, but not consistently. And why would you? Right. Smart. Why would you yeah. move an all-pro corner? Right. Uh, to a different position. Right. And it then open up another sense. hole on yeah. the outside yeah. with maybe Josh Job hopefully playing better. I mean, he he did okay, but he gave up that 62-yard touchdown pass to uh, rookie Jordan Addison against the Vikings. I mean, you know, he still needs to play better too. Yeah. So you're right. I think it makes sense. You know, one guy that makes sense for the Eagles is Josiah Scott, who they cut at the end of training camp. Went to the Steelers practice squad, but now he's injured. I don't know what the injury is, but he's on their practice squad, but he's injured. I don't know what the injury is or how serious, if he can play. But he's a guy that could come in here, knows the defense, was here for a couple seasons. Not that he's any great shakes, but at least he's got some experience. He knows the defense. So that might be someone also, uh, if one-shot Mario doesn't get it done. (laughs) I I remember Doug Peterson back in the day saying it's not necessarily injuries. It's having multiple injuries at the same position. And the Eagles, as you mentioned, going back to the summer, they've already lost their two top slot corners. Yeah, it's tough. So multiple injuries at the same position. It's a big concern. And and the irony is is the Eagles hired a slot cornerbacks coach, you know, one of the rare teams to have one of those, Ronnell Williams, who doesn't have any slot corners now to coach. They're all hurt. So I I don't know what they're going to do there. Obviously, Goodrich will, like you said, probably get that one shot. And then go from there. But it'll be a short week. You know, they're playing Monday night. They have to turn around again and play Sunday afternoon against the Washington Commanders at home. It's a, one of the rare one o'clock games the Eagles will play Love this it. year. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's it, so you hope Goodrich can play well because it's going to be a short turnaround um, before they play again uh, from Monday to Sunday. Um, just one last thing I want to touch on here, John, is the defensive, uh, the, the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Bucks is. It's not, not good. good. Not I mean, good. they lost their center, Ryan Jensen, whose career could be over. and missed most of the last season, if not all of it, with a knee injury, came back and got the knee hurt again. Um, but they're they're uh, they're not real solid up front. And their running game, the Eagles are ranked second in run defense, okay? I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to run the football against this uh, Eagles defensive line with their offensive line, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. But also, they're going to have to try to protect Baker Mayfield um, to take away some of those deep shots. And that's, I think, going to be tough to do. Yeah, I I think you're right. The Eagles have kind of lucked out when it comes to offensive lines these first three weeks. New England had two injuries, I think. A couple rookies starting. Minnesota was down two starters. Not very good, even when they have the starters out there. And now, as you mentioned, uh, Tampa Bay not only losing Ryan Jensen, but they're moving Tristan Wirfs, who's their one really good offensive lineman. They moved him from right tackle to left tackle. He seems to be playing well, and he's still really good, but you got four other positions. So, um, yeah, they've kind of had a little bit of break when it comes to uh, opposing offensive lines early in the season. And, look, that helps because the Eagles' defensive line, boy. Even with Hassan Reddick has struggled, after thumb surgery, he's not himself. But Josh Sweat, boy, he was he was tremendous. Um, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter have just yeah. been 
unbelievable. Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams has been yeah. great. Yeah. Um, they are so deep on the defensive line, the defensive front as a whole, um, and they've really taken advantage of those matchups. I expect the same thing in Tampa. Yeah, Jalen Carter's been fun to watch. Pro Football Focus has him uh, ranked as their top rookie these first two weeks. He's still over a 90.0 grade, only rookie to have that. I mean, this guy, to me, uh, is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. First time the Eagles ever had that. The question is, can he get enough snaps? I mean, he, he only played 28 of them against the Vikings. Fletcher Cox had 46. I thought we'd see a more even distribution. And even Jordan Davis only had 17 snaps well, in think, that game. I, I think Jordan got banged up a little bit yeah, in leg. the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's why his snaps were a little bit low. I'm with you on Carter. I thought he'd play a little bit more. But, man, you kind of get Milton on the field, yeah, too. Milton's, Milton's a guy. He's under the radar. Yeah. He's he's beating people and beating people consistently. But I think, you know, Jalen Carter's so talented. Yeah. I think as the season goes on, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to play more and more. Now, I mentioned this to you Thursday night at the game. I said, he reminds me of uh, Jerome Brown. And Seth Joyner came out yeah. on a podcast one of these days this week and said the same thing. I mean, that, that's kind of who he reminds me of. And interestingly, both those guys were picked ninth overall. Brown was a ninth overall pick out of Miami, and whenever gonna, that was. I'm, I'm going to get people angry here, but Jalen Carter's way more athletic than Jerome, than Jerome Brown. Brown. Yeah. I Listen, he can line up inside and outside, and that's one thing we've seen Decide do is he, got, he moves guys around on that line, which has thrown off. You mentioned the offensive lines haven't been – great the Eagles have faced and I think that's created some confusion the Eagles haven't really overwhelmed anybody with sacks I mean I think you know they've gotten constant constant pressure right we saw it against Cousins it forces them to get rid of the ball quickly Uh, they forced four fumbles against uh, the Vikings I mean five is the record fumble recoveries in a game and they would have had five five. if Contavious Street didn't line up off sides and Mario Goodrich of all people forced the fumble I think and recovered it so uh but it's it's a clear advantage Eagles D-line versus Tampa Bay's O-line um we're gonna see a new punter for Philadelphia on Monday night they made the move to get rid of Aaron Sipos finally I'm more concerned about uh concerned about the holding aspect than the punting aspect and that's something to keep an eye on because Jake Elliott as funny as it says, you could argue he's been the MVP of the Eagles. It's only two games, but yeah. he's been so good. And I don't think Jake is the guy who's going to get freaked out by change, but there's a lot of kickers that are very sensitive and everything's got to be the same <laughs> and they got to be. And there's a lot of mental stuff they fight through. I don't think Jake's that guy, but if he starts missing kicks, yeah, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, that's. You know, that's a, that's why he's a kicker. All those kickers have that psyche. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting, though. Michael Clay said today, Wednesday, that um, Elliot and Braden Mann, who's the new punter slash holder, they did some work together in the offseason. Now, I don't know how much holding they did. I don't know if they had somebody long snapping to them. But, you know, they worked out together. So there was some familiarity and comfort there. The operation. It's yeah. got to be uh, on point. You know, Jake's kicking 61-yarders which, as Michael Clay said, completely changed the game. Remember yeah. when but the, Justin Jefferson was about to go in, the Vikings were going to take the lead, uh, made that poor play where he tried to reach out for the pylon. All of a sudden, the Eagles get a touch to, touchback. A lot of guys won't, wouldn't attempt a 61-yard field goal. The Vikings had a returner back. If that's short, they return it. All you have out there is offensive linemen trying to tackle a fast guy. Uh, that can be disastrous. I remember Antonio Cromartie 
once returned a missed field goal 109 yards because nobody could catch him. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and, and that's so it's always a risk, but 61, bang. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden the game's pretty much over because the Eagles came out. Uh, after halftime, Josh Sweat got the force fumble. They had a seven-yard field. They score. Essentially, game over at that point. Yeah, I mean, that was a 10-point swing, really. I mean, Minnesota, if Jefferson doesn't fumble that out of bounds, is sitting first and goal inside the one-yard line, ready to go up 14 to uh, uh, 10, 10 at yeah. the half, and then they get the ball coming out. Uh, but, no, the Eagles force that fumble. Terrell Edmonds, big play, former Steeler, uh, comes over and makes sure it's not as easy as a touchdown as it looked like it was going to be. And then they a couple runs gets them out the near near midfield and bang you're right players were dancing coming off the field after that kick they were really yeah. pumped and then they come out to start the second half and Josh Sweat on the second play the Vikings have the ball Tomahawk chop yeah. the ball right out of Kirk Cousins hands Fletcher Cox picks it up so uh, listen um, the Eagles are sitting at two and zero going to Tampa Monday night John and I will be there and uh, we'll try to get you up to date but. Uh, you know, hopefully you're following our operation and you like what you hear. Feel free to comment. It's a good operation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, comfort, yeah, comfort, comfort, op- comfortable operation. So, yeah, we'll we'll have more for you uh, as we go along here. Thanks for listening.